Yeah. All right. Good morning, everybody. And welcome to the Tuesday edition, December, uh, I almost said December 12th, December 7th uh, of the AM show hosted live on the Alpha Mint Discord. I am your host, R2D Gen, and I'm joined with me as always by a free market capitalist. You said December 12th because all you're thinking about are little lemons. That's yeah. On- Got yeah, lemons, lemons on the mind. Um, yeah, who a, a, just as a quick sidebar posted a really cool astronaut um, of Leal uh, Armstrong back from the Lemoon. Uh, I thought that was hilarious. But uh, but yeah, it's, Wait, it's did, you, uh, did you see who responded? Wait, must have to that uh, particular. Tweet? Yeah, none other than Klon, I believe. Right. Uh, yes, sir. Yeah, so, they are. I, I get, things I get are shaping up for them. Um, yeah, so uh, today is uh, it's very snowy here. It is very cold. I don't know what it's like in New York. Probably something similar. Chilly, not snowy. I'm waiting for our first Christmas uh, sprinkling here. Yeah, it's it's uh, it's coming. Winter is definitely here as we uh, as we move into the middle of December. But uh, but yeah, it was a good day yesterday. I um, I went out and I bought myself a, a new PC to try and up my uh, streaming game. And we're going to have some stuff coming up soon for that. And uh, how was your how was your day yesterday? Uh, my day was fabulous. There were some pretty interesting mints. I was out and about and taking care of some other deals and, and things on the side. So I was distracted, but it seemed to be a bit of a busy day uh, and certainly a, a very nice relief bounce there in the old crypto, huh? Yeah, um, it was definitely nice to see. Uh, I just I might as well just pull this up right now. But Bitcoin crossing over that fifty thousand mark, hitting fifty one thousand right now. I'll just give it a quick refresh and see where we're at. Yep, still over fifty one thousand. Ethereum kind of uh, hit, hitting towards forty four hundred, and that that's had an incredible rebound after the drop over the last week. Um, and also keep in mind that it um, it did have quite a good run just before as well. Uh, so there was that kind of like sharp swing up and then sharp dump but yeah 4400 is is nothing bad and if uh if this had been last week before that drop we probably wouldn't even be thinking anything of it so i don't know i i feel a lot better about things today i think that we're still in um a, a little bit of a treacherous territory but things start to you know the wounds starting to to heal what do you think the the charts firming up um i i was you know, saying yesterday that we're definitely not out of the woods yet. We've seen a bounce, but then it was rejected. This bounce seems to be a little firmer. Um, the chart isn't as bearish. It's more of a coin flip right now as to which direction it goes. Um, so we'll see how it plays out. But it was certainly a nice bounce. I'll tell you the aha news of the day. If you know 3AC, one of the largest crypto funds uh, on this planet Earth, Uh, Their CEO made quite the statement against Ethereum a few weeks ago. It was so harsh that he actually had to issue a retract, uh, you know, to retract that statement. And today, lo and behold, 3AC purchased about $550 million of Ethereum on the open market from FTX, Binance, uh, and a few other entities. And there was just a bit of... uh, you know, told you so, LOL, celebration going on. I thought that was a nice little... uh, Yeah, you sure he wasn't trying to just, like, propagate a by-the-dip moment? (laughs) There you go, right? He just... (laughs) 
yeah. a mere 550 mil to trick everyone into uh, into getting along. If, if your conviction in like um, Ethereum not being of any kind of relevance to turn around and spend half a billion dollars on buying said useless asset, kind of kind of weird. <laughs> not really when you understand that hedge funds don't go on TV and talk good about the things they want to buy. Yeah, they fair. Talk good about the things they want to sell. <laughs> Yes, uh, valid point. That is uh, that is entirely true. So, um, yeah. So, anyways, things are looking pretty good in the crypto world. Um, market market cap total is sitting at two and a half trillion dollars, and we'll see if we start marching back towards that three trillion. Um, and that's a no small amount of money in this in this market spot. I also saw a really funny tweet that they said uh, Bitcoin is the only trillion dollar asset that can dump to nine hundred billion dollars, and everyone thinks it's dead. <laughs> <laughs> like well, it was, it's just so is, true right there is another asset like that that would be apple stock um apple has been doomed for the last 17 years if you believe any article in mainstream media uh so yeah i feel you yeah you don't feel strongly about that at all do you no, no, no. <laughs> um, all right, let's move on to some NFTs. Um, we had a article that we pulled up yesterday and we wanted to just take some time to digest it and, uh, and think about it. Uh, was the time article on decrypt that said, um, one of the most transformative moments in our lives, why time is betting big on crypto and NFTs. Between launching NFTs, holding crypto and educating readers, the century old media brand is looking forward. Um, now, obviously, time had a really, really successful drop in the time pieces. It uh, seems like yesterday, but I guess a couple months ago at this point, um, a couple moon loungers did extraordinarily well uh, minting that and then selling it pre flip. But I mean, they brought some of the biggest artists in NFTs in to do this, including Beeple. Um, and I, I believe uh, Fuck Render was part of that too, right? And, you know, that, that was a huge drop. Now, some of the knee-jerk reaction is... You know, this is a, a legacy media company that we don't need in this space, uh, like death to them all. They could all, you know, go the way of the dinosaur and whatnot. But I think time is a little bit different in that we really need to understand the relevancy of time, The that it is, you know, in some way, shape or form still held in, in quite high regard. And the fact that you know, a hundred year old publication that is uh, deeply embedded with the art community and the culture of the world is is taking this stance on crypto and NFTs, I think should be viewed as incredibly important simply for the fact that, you know, people of a certain age, and when I say that, I mean, you know, anybody over the age of 40, um, time, time is, 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 uh, it's a staple. Like it's been around for their entire lives. Uh, it's highly recognizable. And like I said, it's still something that they respect. So when, when a publication like that is signaling that this is the future, I think it lends a lot of legitimacy to what we're doing. And I think, you know, we need to embrace that a little bit. So if people don't know, Keith Grossman used to be uh, the C. He he was working at Wired. I don't want to say CEO. He he was uh, at Wired and actually helped launch the tech magazine's first iPad edition. So he's Silicon Valley minded. And he even said when he came to time, 
it had suffered 10 years of neglect due to mismanagement and ownership transitions. And he quickly saw the value in transitioning over to Web3. And it was amazing to me during the time launch. You know, we saw it quickly get to 3.5 in the aftermarket. It was a fabulously written contract. So people paid about 0.5 with gas per for these things. Um, Some of them were very rare and I think still holding their value, but it quickly crashed uh, afterwards. And man, so many punks and quote unquote OGs were talking about how this was some sort of cash grab. And it just seems short sighted. I think when you look back at this current cycle, Keith Grossman and Time Magazine have done more for NFTs than punks. When you look at the partnership with Cool Cats and the upcoming children's television show they're going to set up for Robotos, I mean, this brings NFTs more mainstream than you can even imagine. It, It gives legitimacy to the entire industry. We often talk about how punks and their price often dictates the entire NFT market. Punks start to moon, it drags everything else up and vice versa. Well, I would say that Cool Cats being legitimized by Time Magazine in the eyes of people who have no idea what an NFT is until they saw that, that's a lot more valuable to everybody in this room and everybody who's part of this industry than anything some cranky old punk uh, was doing this year. So it, it, it really struck me as short-sighted and just virtue signaling, right? Like we know that if you're part of crypto, the easiest way to virtue signal to another person is say the word decentralization, right? And that's what I think many people default to when they either are coping or they want to FUD a project they're not a part of, or they just don't understand the dynamics of something. So I'm so inspired and I I love what Time and Keith are doing over there. And I would watch them very closely. I think they're going to be legitimizing more collections than just Robotos and Cool Cats. Yeah. I mean, just to to be a little bit anecdotal here for a second, um, you know, being from uh, Canada, Ontario, like the Toronto area, when the the Raptors went on their uh, championship run um, in the NBA a few years back, um, being Canada's only team, it really kind of did just like sweep like the whole nation. Um, and, and everybody got in on the fun. Like it was, there was not a single person in this area that wasn't talking about it. Everybody was watching the games. The bars were full. The, you know, they had pop up outside things. And there were a lot of like OG basketball heads and, and longtime Raptors fans that were like, Oh God, like I've been here since the beginning. Like, you know, you're not real fan. Like, dude, like take the opportunity to, you know, embrace someone new into the space. Um, show them what you love about it, show them why it's important to you. Um, and I can guarantee you there's a lot more basketball fans now since that happened than there were prior to it. Um, and I see a lot of that in crypto too. There's this like, there's this defensiveness that people end up getting where it's like, I've been in this for a long time. Um, and now you're just coming in here and acting like you enjoy it. Like you can't have that mentality. It is, it is really, really important to actually just, um, you know, entertain the conversations with those people encourage it and show them and like some people will stick some people you know it might just be the flavor of the moment and it'll go away but i mean for the overall you know betterment of the the community and whatnot i think it's it's great 
I mean, look, anytime your band gets popular, uh, you kind of get turned off a little bit, right? Like, hey, man, I was here first. But this is this is something that permeates NFTs every day, right? Like NFTs are now this new thing where people actually trade them and there's volume everywhere every day. And I don't care how low you see that open sea volume go. Go look at it in like January and, you know, December of last year type of thing, right? So this is a completely new type of world. And I I think that the OGs are, they're just missing the forest for the trees. And and we say that a lot, but magicians also would go through this as tricks are often revealed, especially ever since the internet came about. And I bet you remember when you were kids, there used to be specials like learn how magicians do their tricks and stuff. And there's that magician's code, right? Like you're not supposed to tell how tricks were done. So there were a bunch of old cranky magicians that just got angry and went into obsolescence. And then there were magicians like David Blaine. They said, well, if all the old tricks were exposed, I'd better come up with new ones. I'd better react. I'd better build. So builders see this happen and say, well, what's the new meta? Where should I go build now? Because everybody showed up. They don't get cranky because now their idea is popular and they can no longer make money off of it. That just shows that you don't have any new ideas. Builders build when times uh, change. Yeah, exactly. Um, and, and with an influx of new people comes an influx of new opportunity. Um, speaking of, uh, new people into the space, um, since I've, you know, left my traditional job and, and came to do this full time, um, you know, talking to like my mom about stuff and, and whatnot, she surprisingly didn't seem like that interested in what I was doing. And I think that it just came from like, a place of like not really understanding it. Um, and I think that, you know, for, for definitely an, a little bit of an older demographics, it, it crypto can seem kind of scammy, um, especially with the outsized returns. Like, you know, like people of a, a certain generation aren't used to the idea that you can get 100, 200, 500% returns. Obviously, the risk is incredibly high, uh, but it just doesn't really register. So, you know, slowly I was, I was talking to her about stuff, trying to explain crypto and NFTs and stuff like that. And I think she had like a little bit of an aha moment. And then she, uh, she sent me a message yesterday. It was actually just a link to an article on entrepreneur. Um, com, And it was just NFTs are so much more than JPEGs. I won't go into um, great depth about the article because it's all just stuff that we know. But I'm going to link it in the uh, voice chat, too. So if any of you are are kind of um, looking for something to send to family or friends that are curious about it, but aren't quite there yet. Um, I was talking to her on the phone and she said that it, combined with what I told her and in this article, it kind of really started to help her wrap her head around that. So I you know, just in the, in the, you know, in light of uh, talking about new people entering the space, I think that that's, um, I think it's really important to have resources that you can show people and refer them to. So I'm going to link that there. And uh, if you want, you can uh, check it out or just bookmark it, whatever. Um, Yeah. Friction is the hindrance and the opportunity. How has it how has it been for like for you when you're talking to like family or friends? I know that you're 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 pretty open about the fact that you'll go out and you'll see someone doing some art and you'll be like, make that a JPEG. But uh Right. No, it's I don't do it with family and friends. I it's I I it's just a policy I have. I, I don't I really try not to talk about it at all unless they they ask the questions because I completely I think agree. 
Yeah, it's way too early a concept. Like, you just have to naturally be drawn towards it or you don't get it. And I don't have time to explain things to people who don't get it. And that's not a knock. I'm not saying that they should get it. I'm just saying, believe me, the people that need to be here are going to find you. You don't need to go find them. Yeah, that's what I've always said to family and friends, too. Like if Bitcoin comes up in casual conversation or NFTs or be like, you know, actually, I, like, I will just say, you know, like I'm actually pretty invested in this space. I've spent a lot of time with it. Like if you ever feel so inclined to start asking questions about it or you need any help with it, uh, feel free to re- you know reach out to me or whatever. But I, I'll never push it on them. I'll never say like, you have to be in this. You like you have to put your money into it. Like you do have to have that natural path to it. Yeah, I the only the only people I've ever insisted on things were were my parents, because, you know, I I can basically I'm not going to explain this to you. You just need to do this and trust because this is going to be the thing. But besides that, I don't have any desire to convince anyone to uh, to do much of anything. So, yeah, yeah. Let people let people come to you. I mean, there's they're going to know all you got to do is mention it once. And then one day they're going to be like, wait a minute that he was the crypto guy. He was the NFT guy. Right. Then they'll come to you and you can talk all you want. They'll be happy to listen. Yeah, hundred uh, percent. I we are entirely on the same page about that. So um, NFTs, let's uh, let's get there. Uh, WGMI Bears Deluxe still having a good week. Uh, women and weapons still doing well. Humanoids are having a good week up forty. That's on the honey token, if I'm not mistaken. That Bears Deluxe there. I got to say, every in every alpha channel I'm in, they've been chatting it up. I guess it's getting this uh, this volume on the honey token they released. Yeah. There. Honey token, finally. Yeah, we'll have to do a um, uh, a bit more of a dive on on those. That's something that I have no exposure to, if I'm being completely honest that with you. Charlie but it's been a name Hilton that I Alpha. always see. It was it, yeah, really. I eh? yeah, that was Chawanzo Alpha that dropped. Uh, he dropped that like guys. These are I swear to God, they were like point oh five something ridiculous. Like they were incredibly cheap, huh. and he was like, "These are getting weird volume. Are they a thing?" And we were all like, "I don't know. They look stupid." <laughs> <laughs> that is a an incredible mindset to get out of as i've learned in the past um we did we yeah, did we did we did say that about a rather large project um a couple months ago and uh i think at that moment i had I had that realization that like don't discount and never listen to free market capitalists yeah exactly do the opposite. No, uh, Bears Deluxe doing well uh, on the one day. Uh, not too bad, actually, with uh, with crypto kind of rebounding. The volume stayed pretty good. We actually had some really interesting projects going on yesterday, though. Um, the uh, the Flower Girls finally did their reveal. Um, I've obviously been really bullish on that. Um, and, uh, you know, Gary V has been going absolutely nuts. He kept buying them yesterday post reveal, spending a bit of money. He didn't make that big splash like we were probably all thinking he might. Um, but, uh, yeah, he bought some for around ETH, an ETH and he continued to tweet about them. Um, and I just think it's interesting. There was, there was something very strange. There was a lot of volume. Um, headed towards the reveal. The reveal did take a little bit longer than expected. And when I say a little bit, a couple of hours, uh, but the volume really picked up. The listing started to drop and it did hit over a 0.2 floor for these pre-reveal. Now the reveal happened and um, 
typically when this does happen, you start to see this like cascading effect of like everybody's trying to sort out the actual floor price. Everyone's kind of jockeying for position. Some people are loading up. Um, and there's this battle between kind of the the sales and the listings and everyone's really trying to figure out, oh, this looks rare. Is it rare? Um, and, the, you know, there's really 10 minutes of chaos and uh, about an hour of like just trying to see where the market's going. This one was very strange. It didn't have any gigantic purchases, but the purchases were very evenly distributed through like about a 0.1 and a one ETH floor. Like there were a lot of obviously floor sales and people trying to undercut as they were exiting. But when you were looking at it, like there were a lot of sales for like 0.3, 0.65, 0.5, 0.98, point like uh, just they was like really all over the place. Now that does seem to have kind of sorted itself out a little bit, but I just thought it was really interesting um, that in that moment, people were really kind of just looking through them all and going, I think that one looks good. I think this one looks really good. And it was kind of refreshing because this project doesn't actually have any underlying games. There's no promise of a token. Um, a lot of the the funds are being distributed to charity, which is great. Um but it it was it was very it was it was very refreshing. It was a, just a different drop. The volume was very high. I mean, there was about seven hundred ETH. It's not the highest we've ever seen. Um, but yeah, it was it was pretty cool. I know that you're you didn't t- take part in that. But what did you kind of think while it was going on? Because uh, you know the Alpha Mint Discord kind of seemed enamored with it for about two hours there. An NFT without a token. This is so novel. Yeah, shocking. This is crazy. Um, I I couldn't tell a rare from a common in this collection if you held a gun to my head. I You know, these are art. And I think we always talk about how the biggest opportunity in NFTs from a long-term perspective is aesthetics versus rarity. Because when you think about the Van Goghs and the Picassos that sell for the most, it tends not to be as much about rarity. Uh, or maybe in those incredibly high echelons, it does. But in general, the wealthy buy things they like. They buy they want something that's going to not only be a flex, but go very well with their living room set. Right. So like we know in generative collections, a large percentage of them can come out a little strange. Like, why is Santa wearing a pirate hat? Right. Like these weird just little where it's just not clean. Right. It doesn't make a lot of sense. The ones that are commons, but very, very, I did this in Maury's. Every Maury I owned was a floor that I was able to sell for at least 20 to 50% more than the floor at the time. And it's because they were aesthetically pleasing. I made sure to buy ones with matching traits. I made sure to buy ones with matching colors. And these type of things on a long-term basis are going to go so far in this industry, especially when we're talking about things like art, gen art. And these projects that aren't tokenomics dependent and are more dependent on being aesthetically pleasing, like something someone's going to want to hang on a wall. Because remember, I think the mo- the number one reason people don't display their NFTs yet is there is no cheap, simple and good looking way to do it yet. Yeah, and I, I think that that's um, that's probably something that's going to be on the horizon pretty soon. Um, I believe, next year, I believe 2022 is going to be the year of hardware and the year of metaverse assets. You know, uh, Clonex is now at a 3.5 floor. 
Uh, it has been flying recently. We don't know when the reveal is and maybe it dumps post reveal and think what you will about the art. They are skating to where the puck is going to be next year and hardware and metaverse are going to be a big deal. So. Yeah, for sure. I mean, uh, the interesting point that you made to me there was when you were looking at it, you and you mentioned like you couldn't tell a rare from a floor, right? <laughs> no, and but I, but I do no, think I, look, and I don't own them, and I didn't do any study, but people were putting them up, and not that they weren't aesthetically pleasing. It's just I, I don't know what a rare is, and that they all look like like chicks with flowers on their head. I, I don't know. No, it's it's true. I, I actually wasn't knocking you, but what I thought no, the, yeah, yeah, yeah. the interesting process was like in a lot of ways, you know, you would see a sale pop up for point four, and everyone would be like, "Why is this point four? And they were looking at the rarity. It would be like number seven thousand out of a you know a, a ninety eight hundred collection. Like it's not rare. Like why is it going for that? And it was like for this like brief brief moment in time, like everybody just ditched the idea of rarities, and we're just like. That one looks good. I look at that one against the other ones and it looks better. And people seem to be spending more money on those ones. It was uh, you know, it was yeah. it was kind of just it was kind of neat. What are we doing? Right. We're chasing this idea of value in their head. One of the most famous quotes that's come out of Alpha Min is useless. Right. Mm-hmm. Because really everything on Earth, when you break it down to its fibers, none of it matters. None of it's doing anything, right? We ascribe value to the things we ascribe value to because we ascribe value to them. It's as simple as that. Getting into the tiny variables and reasons as to why we ascribe value. And all of a sudden, everyone's like, well, any NFT that doesn't have a token isn't worth shit, right? Well, for the last three years, these NFTs that are worth millions of fucking dollars never had tokens attached to them. And one day we're going to work up and wake up and the meta is going to be like, oh, all this art with no token is all of a sudden what's mooning again. Like, how does this make sense? Like, oh, my God, like whatever. But I think we get way too into like the only thing that has value is this. And then we say, well, this is where everyone's going. So the only thing that has value is this. I think the biggest long term play in NFTs is to buy aesthetic things from these early collections. And everything this year is early. Just, you know, pick the ones that had a moment. Maury's, Roboto's, Deadfell, like all the ones that just feel dead and not talked about now. You grab the aesthetic ones from those. Those are going to be very valuable collectible in the future. Well, yeah. And, and you always get that conversation with somebody that's not really in NFTs and they'll say like, well, why is this worth anything? Right? right. Like, why is this valuable? Why do people spend money on it? And then it's pretty easy to just kind of like and not throw it back in their face. But you say like, well, why is art valuable? Why do people spend money on art? Why do people pay, you know, thousands of dollars for a, a you know, a lower, lesser known artist or hundreds of millions of dollars for a, a famous artist uh, from history. Like why, why are those valuable? One, it's a flex. People love putting that shit on their wall and saying, Hey, look what I got. Right. Like that's a thing. And the other thing too is like, are they like, do, do they have some kind of cultural relevance to them? Do they have a community around him or around them? Is the Art just good because art for art's sake is definitely a thing too, right? Um, and and yeah. and I think you could just understand that, like, yeah, these things do have value, and it doesn't have to like totally make sense, um, but it just does, right? And then well, 
Yeah. We talk about extrinsic and intrinsic value in markets all the time. And, you know, real estate, it has value. It's land. You can aerate, you know, you can grow things on this land. You have borders and that's what makes it valuable. Well, I don't understand why this doesn't translate to the digital world as well. It's where most of us spend our time. There definitely is digital real estate, because if you want to talk on Discord, you have to go to Discord. <laughs> There's no other way to do it. So these yeah. things are obviously digital real estate and Web3 locks this down and, and makes it translatable better than any other uh, protocol. So. Yeah, it is. It is very interesting to see that as like the entire world has moved digital, there's still some sticking points where people can't kind of like just wrap their head around like digital money. Like everybody in this room, it makes sense, like Bitcoin, like as a digital asset. Right. Um, but there's always these hurdles that kind of people need to get over. Like everything in our lives has gone digital. I don't uh, it, it just makes sense that these continue to. So, um, yeah. but yeah, that was a very interesting drop. Uh, I enjoyed watching it all go down. I, I actually delisted. Um, um, a couple of mine just to hold on to them. Um, nice. Scra- yeah, Scrappy actually is um, somebody whose opinion I respect a lot. And he he did uh-huh. say that he thinks that they're going to be in some form of gallery in the next uh, in the next year. Um, and he called them a uh, I, I don't know if this was ironically or not, but, uh, you know, text can kind of <laughs> lose a little bit of context. But uh, but yeah, like it was a mix of like Georgia O'Keefe and um um, I'm oh god, I just had the name. Well, Panushi actually, can you do you what was the name of the artist that you showed me yesterday? Leonora, Leonora Carrington. If you guys uh Google Leonora Carrington paintings, like this so has those vibes, and I could totally see why Scrappy said that. Like, this is high art. I, I just think that gets lost on a lot of people because even though they say that. They're against right click save culture. I think when it comes to gen art and art deep down, they go, well, why am I going to pay for it if it does nothing? I'm yeah, right click. I just I just pulled up Leonora Carrington on there, too. And I, I, I get it for sure. So. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, yeah, I think we can uh, move on from Flower Girls, but it's interesting to watch. I And I do still have a sneaking suspicion that there will be more big names that uh, come out in support and uh, watch for some Twitter spaces with Gary Vee as he loves to do that a little bit after the reveals, too. So um, is he perpetually hung over to you or is it Gary Vee? Yeah, I know he's up at 4 a.m. <laughs> Yeah, he's uh, uh he's you know, on every uh, once in a while when I need to feel a little bit motivated, I'll throw on one of his podcasts because he does just have like a lot of energy in the way that he presents stuff. And like, <laughs> um, I, I definitely see why he's attracted such a large following. So I do that with Richard Simmons workouts. <laughs> when it goes on and boy it just gets me going okay all right moving on uh sp- <laughs> oh my god i almost said speaking of richard simmons let's move on to rusty hogs <laughs> Ooh. um Lord have <laughs> no, um, so Rusty Hogs was something that we were talking about a little bit yesterday. Uh, they were not without their issues in the in the beginning of the drop, um, and they didn't have a mint function. They had a transfer funds function, which is always <laughs> a, a oh, bit of a so great. They scammed themselves. They, yeah, they ran the the Discord scam on themselves. They rugged themselves. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you know what? I mean. I, you know, I, I hate I hate to see a project go this way. Like, I do believe that this was all an honest mistake. And um, 
you know, I'm not going to spend any time like dragging them through the mud. Um, but it, yeah, things did not really go go their way. Uh, looking at it, I see I think 400 kind of minted, uh, and it, this was a 3,000 piece drop. So yeah, but a little over 15 percent fully white too. Fully, fully white just- and 100 of those were bought by the team. It's a 0.08 mint for those last 2100. And look, quite frankly, the art is not bad. I mean, I've had my criticisms. Yeah, I mean, I have. I've had my criticisms because I believe that mistakes happen in environments where you foster them. So I agree. None of this was malicious by the team. They responded quickly. And I don't think any of this was on purpose. I just think that. A lot of I always think discord announcements are such a great tell as to the competency of a team and their discord announcements were always too often weird misspellings, strangely emotional for a creator who should just be thinking about his project. And yeah, they're they're not. I don't know if these are going to mint out because you in situations like this, right, there was like 10,000, there was 11,000 people in the Discord yesterday. There's 10,500 today, right? So 500 people left the Discord overnight. And that's really not indicative. There's going to be a lot of secondary demand. When you whitelist an entire project, you are 100% dependent on there being some sort of rabid secondary demand and and then think about what happens this negative feedback loop of people are waiting to see if there's secondary demand so they're not minting yet and people aren't minting so nobody's buying on the secondary and you completely shit your own project never 100% whitelist unless you're mecca right like if if you have garnered 100,000 genuine discord members and you have a hype train that's going 200 miles an hour do whatever you want people will complain but fuck it you can do whatever you want when you are when you have good art and maybe you're authentic but you've made some mistakes you really just need to do things in a conventional best practices manner and not fully whitelist we've seen a few projects just go tits up because of the yeah, I, and you know what? I think if you're going to go down this route, like I, I know we're big proponents of like don't even open your Discord and start that too early. Uh, if you're going to go fully whitelisted, you need to be like 48 hours of like here's the whitelist and we're minting two days from now, and uh, and like then just like hit them with a bunch of sneak peeks and stuff to really just keep people's uh, interest peaked and um and uh, and go from there. But like it just. Yeah, you just can't wait that long. And unfortunately, with the the issue with their minting process, it, it, the the steam that they had probably kind of got lost a little bit. So um, there's yeah. a negative there's a negative connotation attached to manufacturing hype, but there's a difference between manufacturing hype and managing hype. Right. Hype is going to happen, especially if you have a decent product and decent marketing. It's about managing the hype correctly. Right. Because we can see when a project doesn't do that, it can be the death of it or it could just really put a bad taste in people's mouths from a failed launch. If you're manufacturing hype, you better have the best fucking product. Like it better blow everybody's minds. And then that hype will maintain and sustain itself after the fact. Um, if it's at all, if you, if you went the, the distance to, to manufacture the hype and it's at all disappointing, um, 
it's it's uh yeah it's a disaster you know i honestly like I, you you saw a lot of this in the past with um with with video games right like they they do these long drawn out press cycles where they manufacture a lot of hype and this is going to be blah 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 and then you know people wait two years for these games and then the game drops and like it's almost like there was no expectation or like sorry there was so much expectation that no product they could have ever put out would have actually lived up to it um and it's just disappointing all of a sudden this game just falls in your lap and uh everyone's like oh this is this is what we waited for um and i think we're seeing that uh sometimes with with nfts too like even before nfts as you just mentioned it was very easy to manufacture intense hype with like four previews and some mysterious marketing i mean this is no secret in advertising mystery sells you know put a black square with a question mark on it and one name at the bottom and people go crazy. Like what the hell's going on? What is the, you know, mystery sells, right? So this is, this is obviously something that a lot of companies take advantage of because they know they can build that hype up, but a real project manages the hype they have correctly. And, and it seems to uh, not have been what hogs did. They're suffering because it's so it looks like I guess twenty five hundred are going to go to the public and we will find out uh, if there is any demand there. May, you know, here's where here's where I put on my consultant hat and say, well, what happens? They go public and it doesn't sell. Right. Well, in my opinion, you start cutting your price. And then if that doesn't work, you start burning supply. Uh, that shows you care about the project and whatever you make on this initial drop, you're going to take that money and try to do something with it or try to build it into more than what it is and at least provide value for the people who uh, bought and um, and already are holding your bags. So, yeah, I would say like the the one risky thing about cutting the price in, in lieu of not minting out is just that you're going to have a whole bunch of people that whitelisted and paid, you know, X amount of ETH and then, you know, they're going to be upset about like, you know, well, I, I was a pre, you know, pre-sale supporter. Like, why punish me? Um, yeah, I mean, I think both of us are always in favor of burning supply. I think that always looks good. In this case, um, there's so few of them minted out that I actually think that you could, you know, double up what anybody has minted right now, give them an extra free one and then cut the price in half. I think um, if I'm not mistaken, the price was 0.8. Or sorry, point point oh eight. Yes, um, that's another project that we're going to talk about. Point um, oh eight, which is it's pretty expensive, especially when there's is, yeah. there's no no hype on it. Um, I think if you cut that to point zero four, you give everybody that's minted so far um, a one to one drop of a second one. So now they've you know almost like a stock split, um, yep. and you make it a little more accessible for people to mint on the public. There's maybe some hope. Um, and, and if you- and, and that's the thing, I think there are moves any project could make when they see that their plan A doesn't go well. But what usually hinders it is ego or the idea that they've already spent this money in their heads. So potentially pod- listening to the community yeah. too much, too. True. Right, true. Yeah. So um, I th- you know, hope I have hope for the hogs. I, I guess I still technically have whitelisted 2 p.m. I would love to see some random influencer decide to uh, let's sell that project out. Maybe I'd mint mine, but tough go for them so far. I, I hope anyone who's in it uh, makes some money on it. Yeah. 
Yeah, I mean, it, you know, if they're dedicated and they continue on and they burn a lot of their supply, I mean, we've seen um, projects that only have 400 supply, 500 supply, 1,000 supply do incredibly well. Uh, so if yeah. they can kind of right the ship and, and put it in a direction that kind of, you know, pivots in the, in the right way, then, uh, yeah, why not? Um, yeah, really quickly, just wanted to talk about uh, Sin City that was going on. I don't know if that's been solved. The uh, The voice chat looks like it's uh, emptying out a little bit. So if somebody wants to give me the uh, the shout out in the AM show chat uh, as to what happened there. No, not solved. Still going on. Okay, so there's still hope. Everybody gave up. Um, interesting. So this was something that happened last week, I believe, uh, Wednesday or Thursday. There was a, a drop of 200. There's some pretty difficult riddles to solve. Um, and it did get minted, 200 of them. And the floor was, I think, up to 7 ETH at one point and now sitting at 3.4, which is amazing. And this is why um, I think so many people are dedicating so much of their time to trying to solve this riddle because just getting your getting your hands on one could be um, you know fifteen thousand dollars in your pocket if you decide to sell or or hold you know it has shades of Neo Tokyo, um, but they are no, difficult. Neo Tokyo, yeah, has a one thousand supply and is sitting at a thirty seven floor right now. It is remarkable how few of those are on the market given the floor there must be some insane fucking alpha in that discord for uh one that you know for 1100 people to choose the discord over 130 grand is incredible yeah yeah it's uh it's it's pretty wild so uh, i guess we'll keep our eye on that maybe uh maybe we can jump back in into it and keep looking but uh it seems like everybody's kind of thrown their hands up and just said uh uh, either can't do it or maybe something's broken about it. But the, I mean, they've been you pretty gotta meticulous. You've got to make these things difficult. I mean, like, you know, you know how every alpha discord out there gets their hive minds on it. You have professional puzzle solvers out there. If you make these things even remotely easy, someone gets it in two seconds and everyone complains. It's well, better if they skew it, hard. It kind of bakes in some of the price, too. Like, you had to work for right. that, right? Like, yeah, you know, for real. How 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 many hours do most people have to work in in IRL for fifteen thousand dollars? Like it's a it's a good amount of time. So um, I want know, my damn is, for verifying the Discord. Do not make me do uh, anything else. <laughs> I even have to type GM. I'm out. I'm just uh, look at uh, Seb's just say look at this that was airdropped into the one person who has cracked it. It's open C. Oh, nice, nice. So, brother, so one yeah. person. Wow, that's I don't. Crazy. I don't know what I'm looking at here. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so I guess one person has solved it, didn't share it with anybody, and somebody airdropped him a picture of Bruce Lee that said, "What's the answer?" into his wallet and said, "Help a brother out." <laughs> Hey, you know what? That could be a little business plan. Start sending that guy some ETH and he'll uh, give you the code for it. Whatever. No. Um, Tough, though. Tough. Uh, Last thing I want to talk about, and I was out for most of this, so I'm hoping that uh, you could fill me in a little bit, but... Um, the, the much anticipated Vox drop that happened yesterday, uh, purchased with Gala did not go according to plan. Uh, I believe their website was, <laughs> no, go on. You take it away. If that's uh, if, what do you got? I, I don't even know what Gala is that an L2 or an alt L1. I haven't. And so Vox was a very successful, I guess, metaverse asset drop the first time around that was like sitting at a 3.13 floor. 
um, yeah. going in into this second drop, it's like stuff, right? It's items and and it's things stuff. that would. Well, like I saw like backhoes and trees, gotcha. random stuff, like stuff you would populate a universe with or whatever, right? But it, incredibly liked company sitting at a very high floor. You had to change ETH into Gala, which I'm not sure if that's an ERC-20 or a uh, or some other coin. It must be an ERC-20 because everything's still on um, Ethereum, I believe. But it went terribly. It they suffered from website issues, like many of these high-profile drops do. I, you know, I don't know if it was enough server space, poorly written code, whatever the problem was. But I know Rajesh and Lucas were going to go pretty hard on this drop and got really frustrated and were like, "I am never changing anything into Gala again." Um, if one of them wants to come out of the AMA and give us some details. That would be cool, but it, it would seem to be a failed drop because of technical issues. And then when it finally worked, a lot of people who were trying to get couldn't get. So just a bad taste in people's mouths from another uh, botched drop. Yeah, it was interesting, though, because it was a 0.88 ETH drop, which is really expensive, especially wow. for the uh, 8,000 that they were uh, giving out. It was 8,000 or 9,000, somewhere in there. Wow. Um, so they were poised to make a little cash grab. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they were poised to make uh, 8,888. Yeah, so they were poised to make a lot. It is ERC721. Um, mm-hmm. And the website, I think, crashed. People couldn't really mint it, buy it, having a hard time getting their hands on the actual Gala token. Um, but some people uh, were able to sneak some through and they were selling immediately on the secondary market for like over three ETH. Um, so an incredibly good quick flip. And as discussed, like we we were saying that that might be a really good opportunity if, uh, you know, there's people that can't be, be asked to go through the process of apparently the painstaking process of acquiring Gala and using it to purchase stuff that people might just pick it up on OpenSea. That definitely ended up being the case. And um, so even into this morning, I saw some people still managing to get through and uh, and doing a quick flip. So congrats on uh, some big, uh, big sales there for everybody too. But um, yeah, I'm not sure what the overall play there is, if they're building their own metaverse or if these are just going to be uh, interoperable across all the, the worlds currently being built. Yeah. I didn't, uh, didn't get a chance to look too deep into it. I actually, I guess I, you know, I, I was out and uh, I wanted to maybe even think about minting this and uh, it sounds like it was a headache to do so. But again, mm-hmm. with those headaches and those difficult processes comes some pretty good reward. As we kind of mentioned with Sin City, it's not easy, but if you end up doing it, you get a bit of a payday from it. So um, yeah. if somebody on the, wants to jump up into the chat after and, uh, and talk Vox with us, that'd be pretty cool too. Cause I, I thought it was interesting nonetheless. Mm-hmm. Um, Definitely. Just pulling through the Discord, I see Dangy in there right now. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, yeah, I guess that's uh, that's that's pretty much all we've got for today. Uh, is there anything that you want to just touch on before we start getting into Q and A? And in the meantime, people can start throwing their hands up. So, I think speaking of mysterious marketing, the hot mystery of yesterday was this raid party that people started dropping in the DGen Dojo yesterday morning 
it looks like it's going to be some sort of P2E orc-like Final Fantasy adventurer type thing with a token and everything like that. But man, they the, the moment that Discord opened, the hype train hit them in the face. I think Otto uh, tweeted about them and seems wildly bullish on the project. But I just dropped the Discord in the AM show chat. So that, wow. 8,790 members, and they've basically said nothing. I think there is a um, a Medium article that they wrote, but yeah. No, there's no purgatory dude here. Uh, he just said, I'm in their Discord purgatory. There's nothing there yet. Um, it, huh. it, they opened their Discord uh, a, a little early, so to say, but it was on purpose. Um, and I think the, the major hype is coming from uh, Otto. Uh, tweeting about them, but that project looks pretty sick. So any AM members who aren't in there yet, get in there. Even though there's 8,800 members, it's early because there's nothing in there yet. There's no rooms even. So just join and uh, wait with bated breath. Yeah, it does look look pretty cool. They've clearly uh, clearly spent a lot of time building this. They put some uh, absolutely put some effort into it, and uh, I am a sucker for these kind of games too. They just uh, yeah, they they just yeah, if you missed you. orcs, if you missed orcs, you know maybe work this one a little bit. It just it has the look right. Yeah, for sure. So it'll be interesting to see what comes out of there as some more intro, uh, information kind of uh, gets. I don't know if they're going to tease it out or if they're just going to kind of drop it. I'll go read that medium article. I heard more today. So we'll see. I, I heard now 58 Gway just flashed on my screen. 58 Gway, people. Ethereum is dead. <laughs> yeah. Isn't that the metric? Like uh, gas is the use. I know. Gas Nobody's is using low. it. That- gas is low. It's dead. Gas <laughs> is high. It's useless. Yeah. No, it's it's so funny too. If uh, if some of these other networks were used as much as Ethereum, they would be uh, expensive fees as well. So sharding the most. Excuse unfortunate- me. Yeah, exactly. The most unfortunate name for the latest advance. ETH 2.0 is all about a technical process called sharding with a d like collecting bone shards of shamans sharding is apparently what will uh revolutionize gas fees on the l1 and make them uh three percent lower than they currently are speaking of sharding did somebody send vitalik a uh orc <laughs> all right so this is a bit of a a funny story i guess i no, i, I loved it this, i thought it was great this was great i read this little thread this morning about Vitalik and why he got into Ethereum and all that. And there was this little news clip about how he was a big World of Warcraft player. He had built one of his players up to, I don't know, magical, mystical mage of power or some shit like that. <laughs> You've clearly and never played World of Warcraft. I've never played World of Warcraft. <laughs> the, what, what happened was a economy within World of Warcraft sprang up for these little gold pieces that people can go and find. And all of a sudden there was a marketplace where you could trade these gold pieces for money. And I, does this sound familiar to anybody in in-game currency yeah. with value and a marketplace? This sounds revolutionary to me, but you might be shocked to know a, that it actually wasn't even the first one. R- wow. See, and that's, <laughs> you know, but this is always it, right? Crypto punks weren't first either, but it's the one everybody knows. So This in-game currency actually became a problem for the regulated 
centralized company that that World of Warcraft belonged to, and they had to do something to stem its value because of complaints from all sorts of, of governmental bodies. This rendered Vitalik's powerful character practically useless, put it on level with all the rest, and the gold piece economy crashed. That is what inspired him to leave the centralized world and embark on his decentralized journey. And I tweeted out this morning, Vitalik literally invented Ethereum so that we could have Ether Orcs. And uh, moments later, Poof420, one of the kings of the Ether Orc uh, squad, retweeted, hey, Vitalik, where should I send your Ether Orc? So I guess we're going to wait to see. Well, his address that. is well known. It's not a secret. Exactly. I think it was more tongue in cheek. No, no, for we sure. We want to see if Vitalik responds. Now, I have been informed that apparently this story isn't true. Now, I don't know if it's the quote that isn't true, if he never played World of Warcraft, or if the reasoning behind i'm gonna take a i'm gonna take a wild guess and say vitalik played some uh based on this the sunken (laughs) eyes and the the shadowy uh he's probably played some world of warcraft you know they sometimes they they say that an investment idea is too good to do research on you don't want to ruin it so that's 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 what i'll say about this this is too good for me to uh dive deep on i i do think um that one reason decentralized blockchains are so valuable is the point displayed in that tweet, whether it is 100% accurate. Or yeah. So I'm, I'm going to just flesh out a couple of the ideas that you said there um, as somebody that actually has dabbled in World of Warcraft, never took it super seriously. But uh, yeah, he had a, a character that he, um, you know, it, it takes a lot of time and a lot of effort into and um, <clears throat> they nerfed, which is like kind of uh you know, made uh, made one of his skills less useful, um, or or probably just uh, trashed it into the ground, and uh, all of a sudden, all of that work and time and effort that you put into this character, uh, you uh, no longer have the same relevancy overnight that you did uh, the evening before. And he just said, fuck it, fuck you, fuck Blizzard, and made this little thing called Ethereum shortly thereafter. Um, and Ethereum has indeed surpassed the market cap of Activision Blizzard as well. So um, the little things in life, the ripple effects, the the butterfly effect of, of that. Now, again, I don't actually know if that article is true. Um, and, uh, you know, that's it very well might not be. But uh, it was it was funny nonetheless. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I think it really does display why a lot of us are here and why we think this is going to be so big. It's it the the decentralized aspect makes for a better experience for a lot of reasons, and there are aspects that I think will be made a better experience by centralization, but we should have the option, and I think that's what we're being offered here. Actually, literally, as it was. Uh, Uh, As I was saying it or just checked it out, Chris posted in the AM show chat the Benzinga article outlining that. So go read it. And it does say the butterfly effect. Here's the crazy story of how World of Warcraft led to the creation of Ethereum. Man, those guys at Bazinga are so good. Uh, I I come from FinTwit or financial Twitter uh, from 11 years ago, and I've been following them from Genesis. And man, those Bazinga boys knock it out of the park. 
Yeah, Illidan is kind of um, saying it can't be fully true, though. Um, Vitalik was uh, was actually, and I do know this is true. He was trying to uh, expand um, the use case of Bitcoin into a lot of smart contracts and uh, and different stuff, and they basically, you know, told him this isn't Bitcoin, uh, which it's not. And I, I'm glad that they didn't. Uh, try to do that because I do think that it's important that there there are both of them in existence. But yeah, he kind of just went off on his own. He was one of There's- the early Bitcoin OGs that was like in the uh, I believe in the the email chains with um with Satoshi. And uh, here's and a fun fact: you want to know one of the reasons Ethereum was really lauded early on is going to evolutionary. Um, CryptoKitties. It's low fees. <laughs> Back then, it was cheaper to transact Ethereum than Bitcoin, and it was something that VCs used to brag about all the time. This might come as a surprise to you, but I actually, when I got into crypto, had only bought Ethereum and some other coins and never actually bought Bitcoin for that exact reason. Um, You know, you need to really start trusting your instincts there, Kobe. Well, I, I've done all right regardless. Um, but, <laughs> I, I <just> mean, <laughs> no, no, it's true. Ethereum Maxi, I see him in you. I, I know he's there. Yeah, no. Ethereum list. Um, I, I mean, I'm <laughs> I'm a Maxi of crypto, and I know that sounds super generic, but like, I just I do think that this there is uh, room for a lot of stuff. Yeah, I know, cop out, whatever. Uh, <laughs> but no, you know what? Actually, I mean, just because we've got some time to kill, and uh, people are being pretty coy today. Um, El Salvador kind of came up in conversation yesterday and uh, my wife, half my wife's family is actually from El Salvador. Um, And last, uh, God, time's crazy. Yeah. Last summer, 2020, uh, I remember talking to, to her uncle who is from there and uh, you know, about a lot of the, uh, the stuff that they've seen in El Salvador and, and just kind of how the country's run. And um, you know, he's big in the investment world. And then he actually brought up uh, Bitcoin and I hadn't, even alluded to the fact that I was in it and it kind of piqued my interest. Um, and he, so we started having the discussion about like why it's important to them. And this is long before uh, they, they made it um, legal tender there. Uh, but it really did kind of just like encapsulate the importance of it and why I think crypto in general, but Bitcoin was like this, this idea that we, you know, in, in these, you know, Canada and America and, and Europe and like, you know, more of these first world countries, we don't really have this mindset that like the government's just going to take our money at any time or, you know, we, we have agency over a lot of things that they don't. And um, that's that's actually when I just I started buying Bitcoin. I didn't transfer everything I had into Bitcoin, but like I just started buying Bitcoin all the time. So yeah, that's, that's kind of my story about it and why I actually believe that Bitcoin is important. Um, but I do believe that, uh, the world is, uh, is going to exist with not only both Ethereum and Bitcoin, but you know, a, a lot of other ones too. That ratio, baby. Yeah. There's a, there's a lot of people that need this, this stuff, right? Like a lot of people don't have banks. A lot of people, more people, more people in the world have cell phones than bank accounts. So you just uh, you start you start to figure out what you can do with that cell phone, and uh, it'll start to make sense. Um, yes. Yeah, I don't know. 
nobody wants to come up and talk today. That is quite all right. I, knew, even, I don't oh. even think you said it. You didn't do the whole everyone can put their hands up now and what you I did. You did. I did before. No, you didn't. Yeah, I did. I said before you went into raid party, you I said <laughs> you could throw your hands up. If I mm. if I didn't, I'll this is being recorded. We'll settle this. <laughs> well, we got a pity hand from Cass. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, you know what, Cass? I saw in uh, Henry's daily write-up that uh, project you mentioned to us, this Elite Alethea, um oh, yeah. is having a run. GM. Yeah, yeah. GM. Um, just to go back to the fact of um, you didn't you didn't mention about waving your hand up because the moment you do, I, I'm normally the first. I so. did. Now you're going to argue with two people who were listening? Yeah, I'll argue with you all. <laughs> don't, don't. Yesterday I went to the supermarket and this, and I gave this woman a penny to kind of level out the, 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 the change. So you would give me like a full pound. And she had a 10 minute argument with me about how I never gave her a penny. Wow. And I was like, are you serious? Are you serious? Like, do you want me to give you a pound instead? Like, just, no, you didn't. Yeah, anyway. But yeah, Lisbon's doing well. Um, I think the reason why is because um, there was a Bloomberg uh, article. Okay. That um, they're, 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 they're collabing with um, Binance Marketplace and also Sophia, the actual AI thing. Yep. Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so something along them lines. I think that's why it went for a really good run. Um, even people were buying the um, the level three pods at 20 ETH. A pop, wow. so um, wow. yeah, I think someone, I think someone bought eleven of them. Uh-huh. Um, yeah, so that done really well. That, that done actually really, really well. What, so I'm happy with that. What's that phenomena when like somebody says something and then you start to see it everywhere, and then you're not sure if it always existed or if you're just noticing it now or something? But like that's Boehner Minoff syndrome. Is that what it is? They, yeah. Oh, okay. I'm glad you knew that because I wouldn't have been ever been able to figure that out. Mm-hmm. Um, but actually, that that is something that uh, you mentioned um, very early on in your uh, your tenureship here at Alpha Mint, and um, I, I see it pop up quite a bit. So uh, probably nothing, I guess, right? Probably nothing. Yeah. Probably nothing. P and what was I going to ask you guys? A couple of things, really. Um, Pink. One pink, yes. Well, well, well prompted. Okay. I am honored yes. to be to be like OG. I've never been OG anywhere else. So to be an OG here. The new color is really striking too. It's it's very it's a very appealing color, I would say. It tells you who you are. It does. <laughs> it does. So it's um it's it's an honor to be honest, and I'm really proud to be an OG in this group. This this is like really cool. So I thank you. Um, and, um, yeah, just, um, in, in terms of the Ethereum and Bitcoin talk, I I just think it's just phases. Like at the end of the day, like if you really look at the way the world is going and, and one thing that, that really, um, prompted me to kind of come up also, although I get prompted every day, but, um, when you guys were talking about bank accounts, mobile phones, so on and so forth, um, just an example, I think when Afghanistan went through their whole war and, you know, the the UN leaving and so on and so forth, um, they had no government and their currency was collapsing like something wicked. So without a government, you're not even going to have a bank. Um, but with crypto, 
um, families from across the world were able to transfer money to them instantly so they can live and survive. Yep. I, w- I worked Which for I- a really lovely family from Iraq um, or in my early days in the restaurants and uh, they fled. Um, they were a very wealthy family in Iraq and they, they left um, not all at the same time, but uh, essentially like they only were able to take a small fraction of their wealth with them to Canada to basically come and start over. Um, and with, with, you know, crypto, like you remember that seed phrase and, uh, you can take it anywhere with you. Right. Like, so, um, I, everybody always used that, like Bitcoin solves that or crypto solves that kind of like thing. But like for, for people in those situations, I mean, it's, it's a very real problem, um, that it, it does solve. Yeah. So I, I can see, I mean, if you, even if you just look at the population scape, like there's, there's a hell of a lot, there's a big population in third world countries, massive. Um, so I think for them, for, for families in westernized, in Western worlds to be able to transfer money to them without the major costs and the middlemen of like Western union and so on and so forth. I think that that in itself will just push crypto further forward. And then you look at countries like El Salvador that have, you know, completely changed over their ecosystem into crypto where people didn't quite understand it. Then the boom happened. Everyone understood it. But with the boom happening, they actually invested their money into um, into universities uh, to understand crypto even further within the country. So, yeah, man, like we can't go backwards. We've never gone backwards as a um, as a as as a race, as humans. So um, two, three years, I'd say is. We'll be looking back at these conversations and saying, huh, like um, it, it was uncertain back then, but it's pretty certain now. Well, but that, that's just my belief. You know, I could be completely wrong. But yeah. Yeah, right there with you, man. Um, do you mind if I can mention another NFT I kind of stumbled upon? <clears throat> yeah, please. please. Um, it was a really cool NFT. Um it's not a cash grab. I don't think it's anything to do with money. So if you want like a big flip, I don't think it's going to be there. Um, But I think the one thing that really interested me was I'm a big fan of mental health and men's mental health. Um, And what this NFT uh, gave the opportunity to was um, basically counseling sessions and therapy sessions. Just tough guys? No, it was another one. That sounds like tough guys. Yeah, it was another one called Fungals. Um, Tough Guys was similar, but I don't know. When I was in the Discord, it just didn't seem... I think there was too many people for them to action that. Yeah. Um, which which was tricky, because I don't know how you'd be able to get a one-on-one with X amount of people uh, on it, um, especially with the therapy side of it, because you need an hour session. Um, you know, a bit of disclosure. I've, I've had therapy sessions myself, and... I see the relevance and importance of it, especially when you're stressed and down under. Um, and they they were saying they were going to offer that with also um, physical health as well. Um, I don't think they've opened their Discord yet, and I don't even think they they've launched yet. Um, once when I get a Discord link, I will I will pop it in the chat. But they they seemed um, yeah they yeah they seemed like really good people that were there to help people out. Um, but yeah, I'll, I'll just send a link on it. I was just really impressed with it because of the whole 
one-to-one therapist thing because that that used to cost me about 60 70 pound which is about 100 dollars a session and i had like 14 15 sessions so if i had an nft like that it would have been it would have saved the cost so um yeah just food for thought yeah great i'll definitely uh definitely check it out um when when you drop that link in there and uh see what it's all about but i i do think that uh yeah it's important and uh, you know men's health men's mental health and all of that stuff is uh something that doesn't always get talked about but uh, uh definitely uh, something that at least is is becoming a little bit more normalized so yeah i appreciate you uh bringing that up as well no problem well, have a good day guys and i'll see you tomorrow yeah Cass, thanks so much you, sir Pleasure. uh seb gm uh, good afternoon good evening what's good uh afternoon afternoon nice you were uh <laughs> you were you were in the uh the voice chat for quite some time trying to solve that sin city debacle eh? yeah i gave up I, I, I was in this morning for a little bit but uh i gave up i, I can't remember his name was there was one guy who was doing the majority at, at Orgmar. Oh, yep, he was yep. the one who was like pushing it and being the smartest but i we i think we all just gave up <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's tough. Maybe they'll start uh, giving a hint out, but somebody did figure it out. So, yeah, I don't know if that's a dev wallet though. It's a cold wallet. There's not nothing's happened before with it, so I, I don't know. I'm not sure what's going on. Oh, maybe they were just yeah. testing it out to see if the the functionality was actually working. Yeah, who knows? Not sure. Who knows? But uh, yeah, yeah so I, you came up so to well. talk about Vox um, yesterday. Yeah, you were saying you. Uh, well, I realized Rajesh and uh, Lucas weren't here, and you were talking about what happened. <laughs> it was just the worst drop ever. So it was, uh, as, as you mentioned earlier, it was 0.888 ETH worth of Gala. Um, and they Is didn't that an ERC-20? Is Gala an ERC-20? I don't know. I just Uniswapped it. I've got no idea. That <laughs> <laughs> must be a Uniswap. Yeah. Okay. And, uh, anyway, so what happened was they didn't release exactly how much Gala that was until a few hours before the drop. Oh. So everybody decided to go... So everybody decided to go buy this gala for this hype drop that everybody's been talking about all day. Suddenly before the drop, you were just having to put through Uniswaps on 300 quid to make sure that you managed to get it in time because everybody was doing it. The price of gala went up 10, 15%. Like, I don't know if it was related to the ETH, uh, to ETH doing the same at the same time. But anyway, the price of gala went up. Yeah. And then the actual the actual drop, they released the, they released the first batch, which was 888 for the uh ogs of the discord or the gold members or whatever they called them the first batch the first batch they didn't tell anybody it was just the first batch so everyone went ham on them and everybody got fails and all sorts of stuff and they just kept delaying it over and over again and then it was just it was just the messiest drop ever and then when you went to swap your gala back gala had gone back down because everybody else had done the same and it's just stupid so i was going for one i had like it cost me like point one almost to uh to get through the maze that was trying to get this thing on Gala. Their website was just rubbish. Who could have foreseen that the underlying low liquid currency they asked you to <laughs> change your ETH into would tax you 20% each way? I know. The I trading know. volume's a billion dollars. How is this illiquid? Yeah, well, it's not, I don't know. I, I don't know if yeah, it's it was. liquid it's enough. Yeah. Right. Well, Jesus. I mean, this would have been a but great was, play if you had bought Gala a year ago at um, <laughs> one, two, three ten thousandths of a cent. <laughs> What's funny is it wasn't even the worst drop happening that time yesterday. <laughs> no, well, hold on. You said this was literally the worst drop ever. So which is it, man? Well, my beer. Oh, 
Well, the worst drop, well, it wasn't the worst drop. The worst drop that happened yesterday was where Crypto Walkers decided not to charge anybody trying to mint. So I don't know if you, I don't know if you saw that in the chat, but the, uh, oh, the, dev, the dev didn't put a minimum price on the transactions. Oh so anybody mint it from contract, they do it for zero, for zero ETH. And you had people, influencers such as Wicked, I saw him, him the transaction pool, minting this thing for free. And so anyway, they, after six and a half thousand of these things have gotten, they've paused the contract, uh, put a message in there, uh, put a message in the announcement saying they had a vulnerability in the contract. Some managers managed to mint without paying the full public sale price. <laughs> we stopped this very quickly and we got hacked. now pulled the sale to investigate further. And that was 15 hours ago. And then obviously since then, everybody everybody dumped the, the free ones below floor price. And floor is about mint price now. So, mm. I mean, it, the first thing I saw was somebody said it was their, their marked employee to try and get number one on OpenSea trading volume. <laughs> These things are trading for point for half the mint price because everybody's trying to dump. Surprising uh, how yeah. often this happens. How many so times stupid. have we seen a contract like, "Oh, you can mint for free. Don't even put a price in there. Just mint." It's I, so stupid. I half the time I wonder, uh, like, if I'm being honest with you, I haven't even heard of this project. Um, but uh, I half the time I wonder if these are marketing ploys in and of themselves. <laughs> Like, you know what I mean? I, I don't know why. Like, obviously, they're not going to make much money off of a free mint. Um, but uh, I, I I have no idea, man. It just it, some of these things just seem so obvious. Like, I'm not a developer, but like setting a mint price seems like one of the quintessential checkboxes you you tick off. <laughs> just so what's the, just a thought. I mean, so the two people who came off worse from it. Well, except for the team who didn't get any money. The first person was the person I was looking on the total ownership pool, and somebody bought 60 of these but paid full price for them. Right. They paid 60 for 60 of these. Right. And the second person was the person complaining in the chat that they'd spent three weeks grinding to level 25 to be able to wipe <laughs> one of these. <laughs> oh, this is why whitelist grinding um, – fucking sucks man like i get it like yeah. sometimes you got to do it um it shouldn't be like completely unachievable though three weeks for somebody to grind a whitelist is madness it's stupid isn't it i think no more than a few invites and maybe a little bit of activity in the chat i'm not sure yeah a little bit of activity what we did the rodent cats and like it was a lot of fun but getting to that whatever level five was uh was not insane it was like you know it took a two hours or I'm not even of just spamming. And it was hilarious because we were all just in there. Um, but, uh, and, and the, um, amazing hard rock Nick meme came from, uh, from it, from Rajesh. So not all was lost in some of these grinding, but like, yeah, yeah. Anytime that's like, you have to dedicate three weeks of your time to do a mint, like that might not be plus EV just in terms of like (laughs) mental health. Well, there's now Discord bots, isn't there? That uh, there's people that have collected phrases that are common in chats and have built Discord bots that will post on your behalf every 20 minutes or 30 minutes. Yeah. Just some random NFT-related phrase to try and get you level score or whatever is needed. So I don't know. Something <laughs> that's just stupid, isn't it? But there's are some you, kind are of you passive-aggressively calling Rajesh a bot. No, I'm not calling him a bot. <laughs> 
I was in, I was with the gesture many an hour yesterday trying allow to me, allow me to level <laughs> the accusations. <laughs> I see, I see him post his own meme uh, about once every half an hour in the DJ JoJo, just in case anyone forgot that Hard Rock Nick said his name. He loves it. He's not even in here. He's not even listening. Now we're just talking shit behind his back. Oh. <laughs> So yeah, but I thanks for um thanks for coming up and uh and letting us uh know about no, the no whole box thing. What are you um <laughs> what are you looking at today? Anything? Um so I don't think there's much on today. I might actually get out of the house for once. <laughs> the uh, the the only thing I've got an eye on, I've got an, an eye on uh is it WebZ's dropping at I think it's six PM Eastern. Um it's like a some modern art piece, 0.1 ETH each, and there's 3,400. Oh, um, we didn't even talk about art blocks. Sorry. Yeah. Oh, yeah, of course. You didn't. But yeah, they, I've got an eye on them, but I don't know. I, again, I've not done a lot of research. I wouldn't recommend minting them from that. I'd do your own research. Right. Um, I've not heard much about this project anywhere. So whether it sells out or whether it's any hype, I'm not sure. But yeah, as you say, art blocks, I, I mine got flipped yesterday. I, I bought that for 0.25, sold it for 0.5. And it dropped down that low? Sold it to, well, it was straight after mint I sold it, so I flipped it. No, no, I mean, I mean like the, the Dutch auction dropped that low? Yeah, the, yeah. so the Dutch wow. auction. So we were all in chat. It was me, Scott, and Inbiz in chat. Um, Inbiz sent at 0.5, and then fat-fingered 0.5 for a second when it was 0.25. And thank God it, it went up afterwards, so it got a little bit stuck. Um, but they went down to 0.25, and that's why I was like, all right, I'll just flip this, because I didn't think there was any demand or hype or anything. And then obviously I flipped it for 0.5 and then it's it resold for three ETH. Something made a lot of money on it. Oh, <laughs> the one that you sold for 0.5 yeah, yeah, yeah. resold well, the for three The floor was 2.5 at one point. I think it's about down to two this morning. Yeah, so I was going to say if I was really around, I, I probably would have thrown a mint in there for 0.25 for curated. That uh, it seems like a pretty good price, honestly. But mm, well, that's, that's what cool. Scott was saying. Yeah. Yeah. So definitely, definitely pay attention to those a little more closely, especially if, like I have no interest in getting into a Dutch auction. That's going to, you know, two ETH, 2.5. Yeah. Like I, I don't really play with enough liquidity to justify making those plays. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, yeah, 0.25 seems like a steal. So congrats on that. Yeah. I mean, what Scott was saying that the next one, because everybody's aware that you can flip them. The next one will be a bad drop. They usually work in every other's apparently the art blocks. Yeah, Scott's just saying, look at the buyers on the uh, art blocks curated. It's going to be a blue chip. Like this, this actual oh. drop is—is is that what you're referring to, Scott? Like gazers? Yeah. Yeah, gazers. Interesting. I mean, I don't find them to be the most appealing, but I know the artist is followed by like the who's who of the NFT space, and uh, you know, mm. um, they don't look bad. Some of them definitely look better than others. I mean, it was every big name collector was stacking twenty of them, yeah. Um, straight after the drop, so there's not a lot on sale. I don't think either. There you go. Token frame bought fifty x copy. In Pranksy bought a few. Yeah, there um, you go. Just a lot of people. Yeah, I would so, yeah, never. Why I would, I have no idea. That's what I'm saying. Like I, uh, I didn't really pay attention simply because I didn't think it was going to go down that low. Normally, the art blocks start to take off, above, you know, above one ETH and. Uh, uh, so hey awesome oh my God. the floor's three right now <laughs> yeah yeah so wow crazy awesome all right cheers guys yeah thanks up all right free market uh i don't know about you but i think uh we could probably wrap it up there anything that you want to leave the show off with 
Uh, I'm not, I don't have too much I'm watching today, except my a liquid dry husk of a body continue to decompose into dust as Clonex kicks the uh, reveal can down the road to next decade, it seemed. Oh, God. That's what I'll be doing the rest of the could be Could be next year, maybe. Yeah. <laughs> There you go. Could you imagine? Oh my God. Um, all right. Well, yeah. I mean, we'll we'll continue to monitor that. I'm sure we'll talk lots about Clonex once that um kind of wraps up. But uh but yeah, so um also I just wanted to apologize yesterday. I put the recordings up on, on YouTube and I think it made it up to Spotify, but I totally botched the audio levels of of you, unfortunately, and uh, you're pretty quiet. So um I my apologies, but they are reset for today for anybody that wanted to listen. Um, as always, they are on YouTube, Spotify, and uh, Apple Podcasts. So if you missed anything or you want to jump into the old episodes, uh, by all means. And Dylan will be dropping the Po app for that uh, right after the show. So you could uh, prove you participated in watching that YouTube video. So just fill that out right <laughs> after and uh, you'll be good to go. All right. Say the words. Good luck at the tables. All right. We're out. <laughs>